There are things waiting in the darkness. Creatures of metal, fire, and blood. But he's out there, burning through time, facing a thousand dangers across the stars and never giving up. He looks like a man, but he's a legend. And his name is the Doctor. He'll come back to save us. And this time, I'm gonna be ready. Then, just like that, we'll be gone. All right, welcome to Time for 13, a Doctor Who podcast. Uh, we're here to talk about Series 4, a very... Uh, very sort of like mysterious, melancholy uh, beginning to the season there for the BBC uh, advertising department. And not what I would say very tonally fitting for <laughs> what we're about to experience, especially from when that sort of the on. beginning, the beginning and the end. We'll get there. Everything yeah, in the true. middle is uh, wibbly wobbly. <laughs> very true. So joining me always is Rob. Hey. hey, thanks for coming along. All right. So oh, we're going to talk about series four and then we get to see the return of Donna Noble. It's uh, this is this is uh, I would say. We'll, we'll get into obviously we talk about the specifics, but I would say pound for pound, this is probably the best season for episode to episode. I I totally agree. There's it's, in it's fact a bold statement right to, at the beginning. But no, I tell absolutely. you, it's just like they they are just coming out swinging. If you're even like you're listening to these podcasts and you're hearing us talk about it, this one is there's not a bad episode. No. There are bad moments. Okay, there, there's okay. just not. I did not have a bad episode in this, and I would even also say. As we're as we're going doing this, if you're looking to start, like you're like, okay, I, I don't know how much to commit in terms of yeah. where do I dive into Doctor Who? If you're interested, mm-hmm. I'd almost say begin with this series. Yeah, actually, I, I would say that's we're going too because it, you're very rarely going to go wrong, even jumping in right. at any point of the, the season. And and the Doctor and Donna have such a great relationship that's oh, very different yeah. from anything they've done before. That yeah, it's it's pound for pound, it's it's one of the best. It's a very smart sibling. It's a very smart. Very loving, very respectful sibling relationship. Yes, uh, yeah, and they, and even, even it's funny the the recurring things of people assuming that they're an old married couple yes. <laughs> that it comes across as is just no, nope. it's just nope, a couple. No, nope, not married. No, no, no. Doctor and Mrs. No, no, no. So, but uh, of course, but before that, we 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 rejoin the Doctor um, uh, as he is still reeling from uh, Martha leaving. So Martha left of her own choice, her own volition. Uh, did not you know get sent to a parallel universe or anything else? Uh, any of the terrible fates that await some of the companions in the future. Uh, <laughs> uh, but she was very unhappy with the situation. So she saw that there's no happy ending for her in this situation and sort of stepped off. And then the doctor is now really thinking that he has ruined her life. So then in that moment, then of course we, we go right to that, nor that would be the Christmas special, but before the Christmas special, there actually is a little thing that goes in between. And that's something called time crash. Time crash is this is the uh, children need special that, that they did. So like a, basically a scene they shot just for this uh, live telethon to raise money for a uh, children in need. And so it's, it also is very difficult to find. <laughs> yes. Uh, I wish I could send you somewhere and say, go look at it here. I, I, I had to go around all kinds of places to do it. It is, I believe it is a DVD extra on one of the seasons. Uh, but I, even that, it's I, I had a hit and miss in, in tracking it down. It's not on YouTube, so you're not going to be able to find it there. Actually, I found it on YouTube that someone has uploaded backwards. <laughs> so I guess if you want to find a YouTube downloader thing and then you can reverse the footage. Right, right. right. I don't know, but it is very good because it actually it is the is the first time we see a classic doctor and a current doctor uh, meeting at the same time. Uh, because in Time Crash, we have uh, the 
the fifth doctor meeting up with the tenth doctor as their TARDISes accidentally merge. Which is really unfortunate. I don't know why they've made it so hard to find. It is a, it, it's a phenomenal seven, eight minutes. Yeah. Incredible script. And if you're a fan of your original fan of the show, you have to see this. Oh yes. It, it is. It is. It is such a love letter. Yes. <laughs> From there. And I'll, uh, I'm uh, like, I say it, it is worth tracking down if you can, if you can find it, like I said, I wish I could send you somewhere directly, but, uh, and it, and it really literally takes place between Martha stepping out of the, the TARDIS and the Titanic hitting the TARDIS. Like it, they, they, they bookend it that way. I'm going to tell you a little piece of it. Uh, it is also probably the most meta doctor who has gotten at this point obviously we're gonna we're gonna bend that the fourth at wall this here. Point. yes yes to, to this point this is the most i get so i'm gonna play a little uh, audio from the end which is it is supposed to be the 10th doctor talking to his, his you know, the fifth doctor but it's really david Tennant talking to peter davison so let me play that hello i, I seem to be off what can i say thank you doctor thank you I'm very welcome. You know, I love being you. Back when I first started at the very beginning, I was always trying to be old and grumpy and important, like you do when you're young. And then I was you. And I was all dashing about and playing cricket and my voice going all squeaky when I shouted. I still do that, the voice thing. I got that from you. Oh, and the trainers. And... Snap. You know what, Doctor? You were my doctor. Today is to come. All my love to long ago. It's such a great pure Moffat fan letter from current Doctor Who to past Doctor Who. It's just so nice. When I first saw this, I hadn't heard about it. And I, because I've, we've said this at the very beginning when we started this, the fifth doctor, Peter Davison is my doctor. He's the one I started really loving, falling in love with the show. Right. This is, I mean, really, really well done. Mm -hmm. Like you, I can't even say enough. It's such an enjoyable moment with the, with the, with what people I think really have come to love about the show. And at the end there, I mean, yeah, you have this great moment between David Tennant and his father-in-law. Yeah, well, yeah, at this point, future father-in-law. Oh, future father-in-law. Yeah, that's right. Because because at this point, he hadn't even he hadn't even met her yet. Can you imagine? Like, I mean, just the whole like walk. Just it's crazy. It's yeah. Only it's, it's totally know. crazy. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, we'll talk about this. Don't worry. That's yeah. that's not a thing. We'll get into this. But um, but no, it just he really. The, the, I think the show is always at its best and most memorable when it's not afraid to point to poke a little fun at itself. Mm -hmm. You know, he makes the comment about the celery and the, mm -hmm. and just all the stuff. <laughs> it's just, man, it's the part of the show where you, you don't, you don't need a Wikipedia page to explain what's happening, <laughs> which happened to me several times this season. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, I mean, like I, it's just, it's just wonderful and it's very heartfelt and it's very nice. It's yeah. great. Absolutely. Do it again. Do whatever you can to go find it because you got to yes. watch it. Yes, do whatever, whatever you can to track it down because it is, it is very much worth watching. Yeah, and I, I just love the Fifth Doctor when when <laughs> they're having the conversation. He just assumes that the Tenth Doctor is a fan. <laughs> like, oh, it, oh, oh, it's a fan. <laughs> no, and it's so funny. I mean, again, poking fun at itself. I mean, yeah. I really, it's really great. When I was okay, and I couldn't really come up, but there wasn't really an alternative title to this other than a funny thing happened on the way to the Titanic. Because <laughs> because I literally <laughs> okay. was like. I almost just want to make the title. Aw. 
Like Aww. that's it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just really great. It's nice. And and I also like that as as a big Douglas Adams fan, there's a sort of a, a slight Douglas Adams thing because in in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy series, the worst swear word in the world is Belgium. Uh-huh. across the universe and of course when they say that if the, the tires explode it cause a it cause an explosion that would destroy everything the size of belgium and it's like okay that's intentional <laughs> you know that that was intentionally put in there by then because douglas adams obviously did write for doctor who for a while so yeah they're and there's a lot of those nods in there too but i liked that and and you know what and kudos to davison even though obviously it is what it is has got to be the best looking doctor 25 years after his oh, run yes absolutely he yeah. looks like he, I mean, he literally looks <laughs> like he was like a two years after he left, which, by, okay, when you read the story about this, did you know the funny story is that the pants that he's wearing were the pants that Colin Baker wore for the regeneration scene? Oh, <laughs> which, okay. And that's no offense to Colin Baker. Okay. Let's just say it's all time good. Is, time is a cruel mistress as we know. Yes, it is for all of us. So, but yeah, I actually read that. I thought, okay, that's really funny. <laughs> It's, it's great because you look at Peter Davison and you you know it's him instantly. I mean, like oh, I yeah. like I said, you and I have both met him yep. uh, at conventions and stuff too. And obviously, you know, it's he's older, and so we all are. We're all none of us none of us look like we did when we were twenty five. Those of us who are beyond twenty five, but like you instantly know who it is. But like Colin Baker does not really look like he did when he was on the show. No, oh right, right. I mean, it's like I'm not I'm not I'm not being cruel. I'm, no, I'm just of course saying, not. Like, he, some no, people, right. Some people as they age, they 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 change dramatically. He he did not. He got the the good curse. Uh, yeah. he looks just like he did. And yeah, I say I would be I would be perfectly fine if he would join the doctor for an entire thing. It wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been uh, completely out of place at all. Do you know what it, okay, see what reminded me and then my last thing on this is. So, you know, there was a little controversy when they announced the casting of Jody Whittaker. Mm-hmm. Peter Davison himself had a bit of an issue with, you know, had, had articulated. Sort of mis- he misspoke a little. Misspoke. He misspoke. Let's just put it that way. If they ever do bring back an old doctor, he's the one I want them to bring back for like the <laughs> next season, next series. Yeah. Because one, it would be an one, it'd be awesome. Two, yeah, it would be it would be completely appropriate, and he still he looks great, so that's cool. And there was oh no, I see, no, I, see I can't remember exactly what it was called, but during the time of the fiftieth, and when we'll, we get to the fiftieth, I'll see if I can I can find more information on this. But in the meantime, he did a a sort of uh, spoofy behind the scenes thing for the fiftieth, where he was pretending that he wanted to be in the fiftieth anniversary thing so he got colin baker and sylvester mccoy and they, they're running around the bbc cardiff and london yeah at cardiff and london all the all the sites to try and get into to to show that they can still be the doctor and, uh, and even get paul mcgann involved i mean like it's it's a it's this very sort of waiting for guffman sort of you know uh behind the scenes meta romp again completely worth watching we'll we will get to that when we get yeah to when we get when we get to the 50th well, well i'll talk more about yeah. that but anyway, you, if you track that down i think it's called the five the, the three doctors again or something I don't the five-ish the five-ish doctors oh, is, that, is that what it is the five-ish doctors yeah, yeah five-ish that sounds doctors. good so it's worth checking out but anyway so but yeah so that it was a nice thing sort of him coming to do sort of as uh as a, a nice little uh nice little in joke and, and a, a love letter to the fans but then the Titanic crashes into it. And so <laughs> what I like about this is clearly it was like at the end of the season, like we need something. We're going to do something with the Titanic. They have the Titanic crash in. There's a life preserver shows up. The Titanic, what, what, what? And then, you know, see in a couple months, everybody. And then it, 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 we see it happen here and he it crashes in and then he does something and everything is fine. And then he lands on the Titanic. And it's like, 
there, there's no explanation of what is he does. Does he reverse time? Does like what the, when it crashed in? How did he? How did he repair the TARDIS with the? It's easy. He reversed the polarity. Oh, he reversed the polarity. Of course, I should. That's the answer to everything. <laughs> yeah, that makes trust me. A lot of things like that in the season. Like I'm just like oh, okay, sure. I know it's just like for, for a sure. show that loves to get into the techno babble, as Star Trek like to call it. They like we need to reverse the polarity. Like they they just don't. They, he basically just flips a switch and like reverses time or something, and then everything is fine on the TARDIS. Okay, I guess yeah. like we're going to get into the story. So then we get into um, the actual Christmas special for real, Voyage of the Damned, aka the Poseidon locomotion. <laughs> <laughs> or or the revenge of Dr. Arliss Loveless. <laughs> oh, that's good. Either oh, way. Man. Either way. We go either way. Uh, I like that. Uh, and yeah, and again, is... and I'm not, I'm not, none of these are bad. It's just I no, that's true. Yeah, like you, you can clearly see the uh, the amount. It's interesting that a lot of the references here are from a generation away. So like I never saw Towering Inferno. I, I never saw any of those. That whole era, which I guess was only probably three or four years of cinema sort of passed me by. So there's all the, I always see the, the things that were inspired by, like I just went and saw skyscraper fairly recently with the rock, clearly an homage to towering inferno, which I have never seen, but, and and this thing too, uh, the Poseidon adventure, like I saw Poseidon, the remake in like the two thousands with Kurt Russell. Oh, which is no, they're the original is so much better of, of cinema, like completely passed me by. Like I have never seen any of those things. So all I ever see are the reflections of it. And this is one of those, like clearly this is a, and like of the disaster movies, this is a, a, a doctor who version of towering inferno or, and, or Poseidon adventure, like those sort of disaster films that were, they were hugely popular at the time. But I always find it interesting because I'm always like looking at a, a copy of a copy. Hey, well, and I'll tell you what, and if, and if you're, if you're listening to this and you're like, what are you talking about? Okay. So like late mid seventies, there was just this glut of disaster movies. Poseidon Adventure is the movie is the movie this one's based on, where it's yep. a major cruise liner ship. It gets flipped over like mid cruise, and which is kind of like the Poseidon the remake, but but the yep. original one is so much better. And it's it's it, what all these stories were was an opportunity to bring a variety of actually fairly well known actors and actresses, mm-hmm. put them in a story where they were in a contained environment, and you know, and you have all the the the, the stereotype uh, characters the rich smug guy or, you know, the overweight couple and, mm-hmm. and, you know, and the people with the heart of gold that are just trying to make a go in life. And you have all these different things. And then how do they interrelate and re- react and how do they die? And, and yeah, they, yeah. And that, story that move was forward. the things that was great about those, that genre is that anybody could die at any time. Oh, absolutely. You yes. Know, so like, you know, it doesn't matter if you're Shelly, uh, Shelly Duvall or you're Ernest Borgnine, yep. like you, exactly. could, <laughs> you could be, you could be top billing and you could still die halfway through the movie. Gene Hackman. Did he die? Did I forget? Did he die? Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 yeah Gene Hackman. See, ah, uh, there we go. So anyway, so though it's based on that. Yeah. Um, but I got to say, and then obviously the second, the second, the second part of the title locomotion. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you all remember, Kylie Minogue is this famous pop star. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Kylie Minogue is a very interesting thing because she is a gigantic star everywhere except here. <laughs> is she Madonna? Is she like Madonna? I, Britney Spears? Than Madonna. I guess, I guess I'm trying to think who would she be? I guess she'd be like Taylor Swift level. At yeah. Point, oh, absolutely. At this for, point, I mean, yeah. For, because she, I mean, she sells out arenas. She is gigantic everywhere else, you know, except America. She's had two pretty popular singles here, one in the 80s and one in the 2000s. And everybody sort of is just kind of aware of her, but she is not nearly the cultural force she is everywhere else. So the fact that Doctor Who was able to land her, especially at this time, 
because not only is she coming off a successful career, but she actually had a health scare for a while. So like this yeah. is sort of her uh, sort of making a big comeback, and she's great. It's, I'd say it's not like Britney Spears on How I Met Your Mother, where you're like, yeah. oh, good, it's Britney Spears. <laughs> like it's like she is great. <laughs> You mean it's not Madonna in a couple of the movies that she's done? No. Here, the, the part that blew me away is, I mean, you know, again, you kind of know the story, right? Yes. So she just chews up the screen. Yeah. She, it's a phenomenal performance. I'm even wondering, like, when I watched this again, because I had seen this probably a long, long time ago. Yeah. yeah. I was like, wow, I can't believe how well acted this 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 episode is for her. Yeah. And you wonder, well, what did she do after this acting wise? Yeah, because no, if I were a casting director and I watched this, I'd go, well, we need to get her because yeah. it's phenomenal. Yeah. Put her in a miniseries. I mean, like, yeah, she is. She really is great because she she understands the subtlety of what she's doing. Like, she's not trying to be hammy and, and big and like, like, I'm the star and I'm the thing. Like, she Astrid is so sort of timid, but really intelligent. Like, she she can play it on multiple levels, which is not easy to do. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's terrific in that. I mean, this is I say of the Doctor Who Christmas specials. This is one of my absolute favorites. So there's a couple of Doctor Who Christmas specials that I, I'm going to rewatch just for this podcast and <laughs> only and then for forget that. about again. Uh, but this is one I watch every every year. This is one of the Christmas specials I watch. This this really encapsulates Christmas for me because yeah, it has that. I, I like there's a little bit of a tang to it too. So it's not just like and Santa shows up at the last reel and everybody's great. You know, there's well, a little bit. Of, now wait a minute, <laughs> hold on. There, there's a little bit of sadness to it. This is, this is what well, I no, like. it's 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 definitely well again. One of, and this is a recurring theme throughout this entire series for me was mm-hmm. absurdity. Yes. There's absurdity oh, yes. in yes. this in this episode. Like, okay, the the I mean, I, they look like the autons, you know, the auton angels, we <laughs> call them. You right. know, like at the end where he where where, where oh, he yes. ascends, he's he's glowing and they're they're lifting him up by the arms. It's like it's, okay, it's all right, completely absurd. And, and like my, my Wild Wild West reference, Doctor Arliss Loveless, it's a disembodied guy in a contraption, and and he's absurd and it's completely over the top. She grounds the whole episode yes she is so sincere yes everything exactly. and, and i would say the and uh and also uh batty cavalata they they do all once again they they make things as impossible for the actor as they can like this little guy they put him in all this makeup and like change his voice and yet still it's so sad when he dies yes. and he dies yeah. as a hero and it's like oh well even the the western the western couple like, yes, and they, and they touch on a lot the, of things. Like, yeah, he's he's playing in broad in in broad colors here. You know, like this is like absolutely. very much like primary colors, I should say. You know, you can tell it's it's very much the stereotypical stuff. But at the same time, it works. It totally does. Yeah, I'm. I was surprised as much as I think the ending. I always think the ending is absurd. But yes. You know what again? Because <laughs> the acting and just. The moments there are such great moments. Oh yes, I have one of them queued up here because this is and this is whenever they do a David Tennant like a ten tenth Doctor reel, this is always one of the things they spotlight and for very good reason. So this is when the Doctor explains who exactly he thinks he is. Hang on a minute, who put you in charge, and who the hell are you anyway? I'm the Doctor. I'm a Time Lord. I'm from the planet Gallifrey, the constellation of Casterburus. I'm 903 years old, and I'm the man who's going to save your lives and all six billion people on the planet below. You got a problem with that? No. In that case, Alonzi. <laughs> 
And by this point, Allons-Z has pretty much been cemented as the doctor's catchphrase. Right. No, great moment. I mean, yeah. honestly, and I, well, and I love that each one of them, you know, the next two doctors get those, get that moment. Yeah. Which we'll, we'll get to in the future. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll but um, no, it, it's, it was, and you know, you just reminded me too, you know, the other thing that I found about this, starting with this episode, even Time Crash, the whole series looks like it got an upgrade in cinematography and music. Yeah, and they're still not even shooting in HD at this point. Right. I mean, and it just looks it looks cameras. just looks better. Yeah. It's the whole thing. Yeah, I think yeah, they're they are really all playing at the very very top of their game. Uh let's see a couple other notes I had. Um the doctor was at Jesus's birth. Oh yeah. <laughs> Apparently he says something along the lines of that he got the last room at the inn. <laughs> it was like very huh. nice. Well, that's yes. interesting. <laughs> son uh, of a and, gun. <laughs> and uh, in the band that you see at the beginning, as, as the doctor's walking through, sort of you know orientating himself, uh, Murray Gold, the composer of Doctor Who, actually has a cameo. He is one of the oh. band members back there. Oh, that's cool. Uh, but before we move on from uh, from Voyage of the Damned, uh, there is uh, my, one, another thing that needs to be mentioned is that uh, this episode also introduces one of the best characters I think that Doctor Who has ever created in the course of their run. So I'm going to do uh, play a little sound clip of that. Hello there. Sorry, um, obvious question, but where's everybody gone? Oh, scared. Right, yes. Scared of what? Where have you been living? London? At Christmas? Not safe, is it? Why? Well, it's them up above. Look, Christmas before last, we had that big bloody spaceship, everyone standing on a roof, and then last year... That Christmas star electrocuting all over the place, draining the Thames. This place is amazing. And this year, God knows what. So everybody's scarpered, going to the country. All except me and Her Majesty. Uh, Wilfred Mott, played by Bernard Cribbins. I uh, totally agree. I actually, I totally so agree with much. that. <laughs> he is, oh, no, he, he's, well... Because he's important later, but this at this at the time it was just a cameo. But like, God, he's so good. It's a great character. It's a great one of the. It's one of the great secondary, if you not call it tertiary characters. Yeah, he's just genuine, and he just cares, and he's not smug, and he's not. You know, I mean, I think it's probably because when he's paired with with Donna's mother, yes, it obviously, you know, yeah, she's <laughs> she's not a very nice person. Yeah. Um, but no, he's just wonderful, and yeah, and he plays and he plays a surprisingly large expanded role as we right. go on. Yeah, and this is the same thing. They they basically just booked him for a cameo for this one because he is a. I would say I, I sort of like you know. It's, it's, obviously, I'm reading Wikipedia and all this stuff, trying to get like the feel of it. But my impression is that he was he's a very respected actor in there, but he's known predominantly for a kid show. Like he, I guess he was sort of like not a Mister Rogers type, but more like a Captain Kangaroo, if you know the reference. Like he was a a sort of a kids host. So everybody, all these people who are on the show, sort of grew up with him as like as oh. a Mister Rogers type of like, oh that I love that guy. And then as he's an you know, older, distinguished actor, it's sort of like they have that bring along too. And then he also is a tremendous, tremendous actor. So they, they it was a, a fun thing for them of like, oh everybody loves Bernard Cribbins. Let's get him in to do one episode. And then they loved him so much. They're like. Hey, you know, we could just sort of, they actually retconned the character a little bit to be kind of, because he had a totally different name and everything, but they never say his name in that scene uh, or the couple scenes that he's in. So they sort of retconned it so they could bring him back and they made him Donna's uh, grandfather. Nice. Well, also because the actor who played Donna's father had actually died during production of the, of Donna's first episode of, during Partners in Crime, sadly. Oh, really? So, they, so needed, we- they needed somebody sort of like as a, another person that was, wasn't her mom. 
And so they were like, hey, could you do more for us? And I was like, yeah, sure, great. I'll do whatever you'd like. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he's great. Yeah, I love it. I love I love Voyage of the Damned. I think it's a I think it's a fantastic episode. It's a good good start to a great season. So we move into the finally the regular series. We get into episode one, Partners in Crime, aka Close Encounters of the Cellulite Kind. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean that one just was obvious. <laughs> Because yeah, true. I mean, no, like the spaceship looks literally like out of close, close encounters. Oh yes, and and yeah. of course we're dealing with human fat and just yep. it the whole thing. I mean, here's the here's the thing. This episode is absurd. Yes, it's crazy. The adipose are uh-huh. clearly somebody got a new CGI machine or an upgrade. <laughs> wanted like, to try hey, something out. Do this. All right, let's try it. <laughs> and it's absurd. But Donna and the doctor uh-huh. immediately, you're just like, I can't believe, I don't know if they, if they make consciously made the effort to say, look, we have to get away from the sexual tension. We yes. Have, you know, we got, we got to make a, we got to make a break from that. You can't have another girlfriend. No. And so, so we're going to cast and Catherine Tate, well-known yep. comedian, mm-hmm. you know, at the time she gets to, she gets to act. It's an amazing relationship. It starts in this episode. It's I'm just a huge Donna fan. Yeah, she is so great in this and just in this episode as we get to sort of see her doing all the stuff on her own, not knowing even if the doctor's going to be around. Just everything that she's taken just to sort of uh, bluff her way into these places and figure out what's going on. Like the, it's such a difference from the spoiled bride we met uh, you know, a year ago exactly, uh, yeah. to what she is now. Yeah, she's already come a long way. Uh, and yeah, we get to, like I said, we get to meet your grandfather, and that that's a great relationship. I love the two of them together. Uh, and then then finally thing, and I see that I, I don't even have the the audio because when Doctor and Donna meet, it's a totally silent scene, and it's brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> with the two of them just going back and forth on in the window, and then suddenly they turn, and the villains are watching them. I I am amazed at how well, and I don't think they've ever done anything. I think that well, I know they've done it. I think they did a um, another clip for one of it wasn't Doctor Who related. It was it was one of her characters that she plays outside of Doctor Who. Um, for one of the children in need specials mm. and it's the one where they're in the classroom. Oh yes. Yeah. I think that's ten- actually from her show. I think she, cause oh, she okay. had, there was the Catherine Tate show and it was a sketch right. show that she would do multiple characters. Kind of like Tracy Ullman does. Exactly. Exa- very similar. Exactly. And I, I got it. Okay. They are, their comedic timing <laughs> is absolutely amazing. Like yeah. the, as the actor and actress, they are, you want to see them. I mean, it's unfortunate. Like they didn't do a movie, like you look at all the movies that come out about trying to funny characters. I mean, like I want to see them play cops. Well, I, I tell you one thing I, I can tell you that uh, for those of you who, who like us love the two of them together, they did Shakespeare together. So the two of them did much ado about nothing as Beatrice uh, and Benedict oh. and they, and they, and they recorded it. So it's actually available online. I, I, I've subscribed to this service just so I could get that copy of that. I think it's on broadwayhd.com, but oh, I gotta check that it's out. out there. I mean, like it's, it's widely available and, and it's, it's a, it's a sort of modern retelling. So it's, you know, you don't have to worry about people in doublets and stuff too. It's, you know, it's set sort of in like the, I think it kind of feels like the fifties. They don't really ever say, but like the, by what they're wearing and stuff too, it gets very, very silly, uh, but it is, it's still Shakespeare, but the two of them together, as like as the bickering couple who like come together at the end are they're terrific. So those of you who are missing your Dr. Donna, yeah, ch- ch- check it out. It's really, really good. Very cool. 
So in also in this one, we get to see um, the alternate companion, the alternate universe companion. So in in the writer's tale that uh, Russell G. Davies wrote, uh, he talked about he originally the the new companion for the Doctor for this season was going to be Penny Carter, an investigative reporter. And then as they were developing the show and getting very close to, to you know, he was in the writing process, they're like, Catherine Tate just became available. And so they scrapped everything and came back. But as an homage to the a companion that never was, Penny Carter is in this episode. She is the investigative reporter who shows up to investigate the adipose, who's tied to the chair while the doctor and Donna are meeting. That Originally, that character, and I don't know if it was going to be that actress and, and that stuff, but that was going to be the new companion. Uh, the brand new person that he created just for this until Donna Noble suddenly showed back up in the doctor's life. Okay, wait, if that, okay, wow. I mean, I did not know that. Yeah. If that is the same actress, kudos to her for showing up. <laughs> Cause I'd yeah. be like, okay. Yeah. So, I don't know how far in the process they got, if they actually had like, you know, cast or, or, or this was just still like in the idea stage, but yeah, that that's what he had said that that was originally going to be the person that was going to, you know, travel with the doctor from then on. Oh, funny. Interesting. Journalist kind of idea, you know, like a professional as opposed to, you know, like we've seen uh, Rose being just the shop girl, like basically a a sort of a regular person. And then uh, Martha being the doctor or on her way to becoming a doctor. And then this one would be sort of like a journalist who who would have a very different perspective on. Oh, absolutely. Interesting. And we get lots of lots of homages to future episodes of this. And we get to talk about the missing planets. We talk about bees. Bees is a whole ongoing thing there. And even one of the cars has an Atmos sticker. Oh, oh, wow. I missed yeah, that. they really were planning ahead. Wow. Then they really, okay, that's yeah. incredible planning, story yeah. development. Oh, interesting. And, yeah, that and, was really good. And Rose. And Rose. We got a surprise Rose at the end. And that was another thing. They, I think they were, they were able to keep that secret too. Because I, I think she's in the trailer, like they showed, like for the what the season is, that you get to see one glimpse of her. So we knew she was coming, but not in the first episode. Right. <laughs> And like, why is she there? What's going on? How did she be able to travel? And she disappears and what's going on? So yeah, yeah. Partners Graham is, is a great episode. For, and and the whole, uh, uh, I just want to mate <laughs> conversation where they, they, that establishes their, their rapport of. Uh, oh, they do it very, very clearly from the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. She's not, and she, and, and they consistently do, they don't do the Martha thing where she's like, I'm not interested in you. And then the camera turns away and there's the long look like right. she is not interested in that way no. at all. And she's very clear about that through the whole thing. All right, so then we, so then from there we travel back in time and we go to the fires of Pompeii, aka Game of Spartacus. <laughs> okay, because you know, I mean, look, and here's the deal. Uh, it, uh, yeah, and when I say this, I mean Game of Thrones. I threw the Game of Thrones reference yeah. just in there for you know funnies. Sure. Spartacus. It's literally if you've ever watched the Showtime show series was out a couple of years ago called Spartacus, like Blood in the Sand, which is a great show, super violent, super. Show. Yeah, yeah exactly. if you don't, if you don't, if you don't mind uh, nakedness and oh. violence and blood and drama all mixed together, yeah, <laughs> it's if, the show for you. But no, it's it's, it's totally show for you. Any in any way, I would not go for it. But this this episode is like filmed on the set of that yeah. show, right? Yeah, it really looks just like it. I wonder if it was. I mean, because they, they they actually they did travel. They traveled to uh, Italy to actually shoot this. One of the few times they actually were allowed to shoot not in Cardiff. Interesting. Yeah. The only thing my my only thing on this is um obviously interesting programming notes. You got Peter Capaldi and Karen yeah. Gillan yep. in the in yep. the episode. Two future cast members. I, actually, with Capaldi, they they did know that, but apparently, uh, Karen Gillan says that she did her best to hide that information when she was auditioning for the companion role oh, like she didn't want them to know because they would go oh, we can't use you now 
But of course, there's a long tradition of reusing actors. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Colin Baker was an a- was an actor in uh, Doctor Who before he got cast as the Doctor. So we there's there's a precedent for it. Um, and I and I thought it was. I mean, again, this is it's funny. Don the Doctor Donna this yep. dynamic is awesome. Yeah, Capaldi's a little bit. Boy, he he definitely has a mode of acting. This is this is much <laughs> similar to when he's the Doctor. Very different from he's been like his other shows when he's like the political consultant and everything else. Yes. But he definitely, you know, you can see little shades of that. The, the story's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. It, yeah I mean, they, but, you know, to, to, to their benefit, they, they have this way of going so far beyond just like a normal kind of thing that you kind of just go, okay. Like, it's, it's not enough that there are alien lava people living in, in the fires of Pompeii. It's like, nope, now we're going to add prophecies. We're going to add, like, oh. Oh, it's just like this and this and this. And it's like by the time they, they get to it, it becomes this bouillabaisse i don't know like it becomes like you know they throw so many ingredients in there that it's gumbo and now all of a sudden it just tastes fantastic because they're all these different things they put in well the only okay but the only thing that i found odd about this episode is okay and then absurdity of the water gun like my god we're, we're yeah. first of all what dude why i mean i know you're the doctor but why do you have a water gun in your pocket uh-huh. and and it's filled with water no less yeah but like okay like the water gun's absurd mm-hmm. there's some weird pop culture references like there's like a rocky four reference <laughs> Which you just go, what? Like, and then you forget. Well, yeah, okay. I mean, that's still fresh in people's minds. But we have another Indiana Jones in the refrigerator moment. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, Come on. But, okay, but I will say though, in that scene, like, uh, that's actually the piece of audio I have is some amazing acting by the two of them. It, it, again, like they they did Runaway Bride together, and this is technically their second episode, yeah, and that's true. already the two of them are are raising each other up. Yes, absolutely. Uh, like, and I'm going to play a little of that too, just because like Catherine Tate, known as a comedian and even is a fairly comedic character as Donna Noble, boy, when she feels the emotion, you feel it too. Absolutely. So that's, I'm going to play a little of that when they're, uh, they're in, uh, trapped inside the, they try to debate uh, what they should do about Pompeii. Nothing can survive there. Never mind us. Push this lever and it's over. 20,000 people. And so, yeah, and, and even in that quiet moment, he's got his hand on lever to do that, to destroy all these things. And she reaches out and puts her hand on it too because she's like, I'm not going to let him do this alone. Donna Noble, <laughs> the spoiled bride from like the, like already she has come so far and like the the emotional depth she has that they're they're allowing her to have, you know they could easily write it as just like oh whatever spaceman do it you know but no, they really it, give her some great stuff to do and she rises to the occasion. Absolutely, really wonderful. I and you know what the thing that I guess surprised me also about this episode is I've never seen an episode turn so quickly from ridiculousness to okay the last 10 minutes of this episode oh yeah dealing with you're dealing with all what you know what what do people do when death is upon them and very powerful visuals yeah very powerful moment from at the start of it you have you have your your wacky latin jokes and even in a uh the uh mary poppins homage where they all sort of run around and grab the valuable stuff as the thing goes and then by the end of it it's just like you're dealing with these people standing over as as everyone they know is dead yeah yeah it's it's, it's quite a ride but yeah and it's is a really solid episode i mean like there's a lot of meaty content in there too 
for being just a you know uh, a silly trip to Rome. Minus the minus the refrigerator scene. Minus the refrigerator scene. Yeah, of course. There's always that. <laughs> but you know, they, they didn't know they were. <laughs> Yeah. It's a bad idea, no matter who does it. Yeah, don't do it. Uh, so then we get we travel into the from the heat to the cold. Uh, we go to visit the planet of the Ood, aka the man with two brains. <laughs> now, for those of you who don't know, that's actually a real title of a real movie from 1983, starring it Steve is. Martin. Get that cat out of here. Go ahead and and if listen, if you don't want to look for it, just go to YouTube and search for the trailer, and that'll be enough. That'll be enough. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a wonderful, terrible movie. Oh uh, my god! <laughs> there seems like there's a there's a whole slew of movies from the '80s that were just you could tell were just greenlit by coked up executives. Oh, like, completely! Yeah, that's fantastic! Yeah, just give, give him whatever he wants. Go ahead, and make that movie. Yep, and get Steve Martin. Yeah, okay. get Steve Martin. <laughs> what happened? It's yeah, a, this is an odd. This is an it, odd this episode. Is, this is, now, see, I think that you're talking about with with Fires of Pompeii versus Planet of the Ood. I don't think they got the mix quite right in this one because no. it does go from like that and. You know, Fires of Pompeii starts out a little bit wacky, like oh, it's our Roman adventure, and then ends up in this d- really dark place. But I, I, I'm with them emotionally through the whole thing. Planet of the Ood takes some hard turns, and <laughs> it's a little harder edged. Uh, and it's like now we're dealing with slavery, and now we're dealing with uh, you know, uh, oh, some, mutilation. Some, I mean, yeah, d- yeah, mutilation. I mean, like really dark, dark stuff. Uh, yeah. I mean, the same thing, and having to, Donna having to deal with this too, like your second adventure out. It's like you've been uh, involved in killing all the people of Pompeii and now slavery. <laughs> so I don't get, uh, here's a couple things. So, I mean, obviously it's, it, look, it's, it's a solid episode. It's a solid episode. It's, it's, Ood are great. I mean, like right. they, they're they're It's always interesting how they have a character who is, looks scary, turns out to be nice. And then is also scary. <laughs> oh, it's completely scary. <laughs> they go back and forth with the Ood all the time. And this is where we have, this is the episode where you get the, the reveal that what they're holding their brain. Right, yes. they're, they're the second, they're, they're secondary brain for individuality. Yes. That's what it is. Okay. No, here's the thing. You you have these moments. I mean, look, yeah, very very heavy topic here we're addressing. And yes. then you have these moments like the the head of security dude, where he's just like the normal heavy security guy, uh-huh. and then all of a sudden becomes insane and tries to play pick a doctor <laughs> with the big crane thing. And you're like, where is this coming from? Like, what happened here? <laughs> and like David Tennant, they basically make Tevin, David Tennant run around a warehouse yeah. for what seems like an hour, just <laughs> flinging his body through the air in all these different ways. And it's like so out of the tone of the episode. Yeah, it's yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, it, it, it is a very odd toned episode. Like they, they really sort of are, are very much up, down, up, down, up, down. It's like, I, I'm not sure exactly how to feel by the end of the thing. Yeah, no, I mean, everything, everything from, and like the ca- caricatured PR lady who's, yeah. on, on it, you know, is going to follow the company line. And the, where, the which wacky is, voices on the on Ood that you're going to have as a setting. Yes, like all <laughs> that. And then, and then the ending, which is the, the villain being transformed into an Ood is kind of yeah. terrifying. It's yeah. Pretty- I, apparently the the first version of that was really horrifying, and so they even had to go back and be like, "Uh, kids are gonna watch this, so can you make it like thirty percent less terrifying, less vomiting of the tentacles?" <laughs> exactly. That was uh, <laughs> Tim McKearney, who was that. He was a. Uh, for those of you who have watched Black Adder, he's a big part of that, uh, and also he had a big role on Game of Thrones for a while too. So he's another one of those British character actors that always is seem to always is working. Interesting. No, you know what? I'll tell you. It was, it was, I mean, again, Dr. Donna, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It gets you through it all. And, and then some really powerful stuff, but just moments of absurdity. And it's yeah. cool. 
It's still yeah. worth watching. So now, okay, so now we, we are coming back to Earth now. So we have uh, the, the Suntarum Strategy, a.k.a. Attack of the Cars, the Elon Musk Diaries. <laughs> <laughs> Which, my yeah. God, I mean, like, hey, and actually, this is a theme in this series. They were, like, telegraphing some future events in these. They really were. Yeah, they're on top of it. Dude, this, yeah. this kid is totally patterned after Elon Musk. <laughs> What is going on? <laughs> the boy genius, you know, mad scientist. Yeah, it's a, it's a trope for a reason. It's just crazy. Um, but again, as, as silly as some of that is, total. I mean, okay, Santarans, classic, classic villain. Mm-hmm. This is their opportunity to get their upgrade. And I think it's yep. a fairly decent upgrade. It's really good makeup, too. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they really do a nice job of you can see the full actor's performance, and yet he's wearing a giant potato head. Still potato head, but, yeah. but a very well-formed, well-melded potato head. Yeah. And I like the uniforms better. I think the uniforms look great. I think they've, yep. they've got the, you get the whole idea of the militaristic, you know, society. What I liked about this was great references. Well, one, Martha. Okay. I didn't know. And I actually had forgotten, or at least didn't think that Martha was coming back, mm-hmm. but I love the, I loved the uh, third doctor reference. Oh yeah. There's yeah, a whole thing in there where he talks about, yeah, I was, and went against Santarans cause that's the third, third doctor episode. Yep. Um, just really good. Like, uh, it, it seemed a little, there were moments of weirdness. The Prometheus <laughs> moment where like the, oh, yeah, <laughs> the guy comes out of the goo and you're like, what is going on? Uh-huh. Um, but, I, but I'll tell you, I, I, you still got, I still got the great vibe of Donna, you know, it, it, the, here's what you get in this episode. Donna is that friend who can just be your friend because there's no crap involved. Right. Yeah. That was great. When, when, uh, the doctor assumes that the two of them are going to fight and then the two Martha and Donna meet and they're just like, eh. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, we're just good. Whatever. It's cool. I just think, well, because again, there's none of that com- competition for the doctor, right? Like mm-hmm. they just, they're just there and they get it. And I, that was refreshing. I, after, after watching the first three series where it's, that's kind of, kind of the overhanging, you know, tension, mm-hmm. this is nice. This is just, it's great. It's great to see this. It's very well done. Yeah. And then, oh, then, of course, then part two of it is the poison sky, a.k.a. The suffocation of smog. (laughs) Which, I mean. That's good. Yeah, right? Like, that one was, I was thinking, I I don't know. You know, all, okay, again, it's it's fine. Yeah. Whenever you bring a character back and then introduce, oh, and this is my fiance. I was like, you're not gonna survive. No. And, and, and I mean, and, and I mean, come and just random stuff too in it. Like the, uh, her mother with the ax. Uh-huh. Like, you're like, what's going on? Right. Elon uh, Musk goes insane. There's a Dunkirk <laughs> reference. And yeah, you're just there's like, a, there's a, um, they actually reuse a, a joke, which wasn't very funny the first time. Um, the doctor says, uh, they're like intruder alert. And he's like, well, how do you, how do you arrive? Intruder window. And I was like, yeah, they used that in series one. Like it wasn't that funny then. Well, they definitely. I, that was that was your your other Elon Musk guy. That oh was, yeah, uh, from the from the first season with the where you had the gallery of all of the for the Dalek. The one thing I'm surprised at is like normally you would think like you could I could actually see somebody watching this series and going, okay, wow, ev- it's almost like every episode is like end of days. Like this is it. <laughs> this is it. Everyone's yeah. gonna die. It's all over. And you'd think that would get tiresome. It for some reason it doesn't quite yet. <laughs> but like I thought that was interesting, and I also love the brigadier reference. Yeah, that was nice too. Yeah, you could tell that the that and that becomes a recurring thing too. That you could tell that both of both uh, Rusty Davies and P- Stephen Moffat are both giant fans because they they have both done their own homages to the oh, brigadier. Oh, totally. But like you know, weird stuff like well, then you know all the funny like uh, when he puts the mask on. Are yeah, you my mummy? Yeah. 
<laughs> okay, but you know, this this cracked me up. The scene with with uh, with Donna, she's got to she's got to take out the Santarin from behind. Uh huh. She goes to the TARDIS. There are two hammers hanging from the console: a rubber <laughs> mallet and a ball peen hammer. Uh-huh. And she takes the rubber mallet, and that <laughs> bothered me because <laughs> I'm like, you no, don't take the rubber mallet. <laughs> What are you doing? It just, I, it's, 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 it's your first time going out and, you know, having to smack an alien on the back of the head. But you know what, though? Again, great. Uh, the weird. OK, and I, I know they keep referencing thing, the hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, interesting. Suntarns are the worst. Donna's mm-hmm. grandpa's the best. Uh-huh. It's solid. It's funny. It, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's all up. And this was actually written by the same woman who wrote uh, the Daleks in Manhattan episode, too. And oh. she originally, and, and this is where I, I have to apologize, because apparently she did not want to write any more Doctor Who because of how people, how awful people online were to her after the first episodes. And this is oh. like, you know, that's like back in 2006 or 2007. Jeez. You know, man, today, come on, trolls. What are you doing? Right. <laughs> so I feel bad that I, I said something. I, I think I, I was not kind to her about this one too, because I, I take back everything bad. I said, you are a great writer. This is actually, these were really two very solid episodes. Oh, yeah. I would, I would say would put up with the rest of them. They were very, very well written. Uh, so let's move on to the next episode. So this is, now we get to the doctor's daughter, AKA the shape of water Two. Martha gets fishy. <laughs> Because okay, here's oh, wow. Okay, because here's the deal, right? <laughs> this this episode actually has two subplots: the it doctor's does. daughter, which yep. is which is crazy and and amazing, and you're yeah. like, what is going on? And then there's Martha. <laughs> yeah, Martha is sort of like tagging along on this one. Just and, uh, and and she's not just tagging along. Like there's a scene where the doctor and Donna are like, you know, they're like all in the midst of all this stuff. And then you could almost literally be like the slow pan. Like, meanwhile, uh-huh. and there's Martha and she shows up like with all these fish men uh-huh. and they all start like touching her. <laughs> and, and like, literally I'm watching this going, what is happening? And then it just like goes to the other, like goes back to the doctor and you're like, what is going on? <laughs> Yeah, this is like a, a second episode in there too. It, but it's it's some it's some really nice Doctor Who kind of level twists too. Like that you think this has been going on forever, and like how long has this war been going on? They're like a week. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's like oh, oh what? And yeah, I mean that's there's some and then and I thought the oh I can't remember the name. Hasp hasp half yeah, no half so. the yeah. half. Uh, or I thought were a really good design too. I mean they're like the, the bubbles and the. Of the faces stuff too. Oh, the, the lighting, the really color. Yeah. You know, I think also the great look at on top of this, you have a great message of hey, I mean the message kind of is look at look at how look at how much you'll miss and look at how much society won't move past if you constantly just narrow your view of what reality is. Right. right? Like if you raise your kids to only only see a certain part of the world, well then yeah, we get slow really fast. Right. Yeah. So and I think also- I think a lot of good stuff about uh, about soldiers and violence and like picking up the gun and solving problems with a gun. Absolutely, like, this is this is done. This is this is well done. It's done better in an episode of Capaldi's that we'll get to in a couple yes. episodes. Oh but yes, this yes. is this is a very fantastic episode in terms of how we see the world, how we see each other. Yeah. Don't be prone to violence. Don't don't immediately go the violent route. Yeah, and the doctor becoming like basically saying, "I'm the man who wouldn't." It, it's, oh no, that scene is phenomenal. He's got the gun and he's going to shoot the guy, and he and then you realize he's like, "Yeah, I won't do this." That's yeah. the difference. Then on top of that, 
you have this really interesting creation of Jenny. Right, Jenny. So yeah, for the Doctor's Daughter, which obviously is a great title already because people are like, what, the what, the what? And then getting an actual Doctor's Daughter to play the Doctor's Daughter. What yes. a stroke of brilliance. That not only is was there a doctor who had a daughter, but she was a great actress. And of course, then ends up falling in love with the lead of the show. So this is where this is where um, David Tennant met the woman who eventually would become his wife, Peter Davison's daughter. Peter Davison's daughter. So you know, it's amazing how these things work out. She is Georgia Moffat, who's the actress's name. Just lights up the screen. Yeah, she's great. Oh yeah. One of, the, one of the great injustices of this thing is that that she never came back. Well, yet. Well, yes, true, yes, but uh, I don't know. She she's shown up in in the comic books. There was a a big crossover they just did. Uh, the name escapes me at the moment, but the crossing all the doctors had to deal with this this sort of cross time caper thing, and she ends up showing up, and it was great because it's the first time they've ever used her or anything else. And now I believe she's going to be part of the Big Finish audio dramas. The Doctor Who does. Oh, okay. going to have like some Jenny adventures. Well, they so I still. I still consider her one of the four main character. One of one of four characters, amusingly all women, uh-huh. that they still can bring back. They haven't brought back. They can still bring back. And I think they should someday at some point. Do you, do you know what the four are? Or oh yeah, it's well, it's Jenny. Well, here, 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 we'll divert. Okay. Jenny, mm-hmm. Romana. Oh okay. The Ranny. Uh huh. And um, oh, I lost it. It was Jenny because I've I've thought about this for a while. Oh wow, I lost the fourth one. I'll okay. get it. I'll bring it back at some point. But there you go. So yeah, def- she, oh, Susan. Susan, the oh, granddaughter. Susan. Oh, yeah, of course. Because, yeah, Susan that's the mystery we've never explained. Moffa got close a couple of times, but yep. they've never really gone. Well, and he far. references, and he references, he references Susan, I would assume, in this episode. Oh, yeah, because yeah. Because he says he has the one moment where he's like, I was a father once. Yeah. Leads to believe that he had other children, you know. Yeah. And, and that's interesting. Like, it, it made me think about that whole thing. That's why I went on that little tangent. Yeah. It made me think, wow, you have, you still have all these crazy cool characters to, that you've not brought back before. And can explore in the current series. So yeah. Anyway. So this is also the difference. This this is one of my favorite little pieces of trivia. So uh, obviously Russell T Davies is running the show, and 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 actually by the by the end of his run into the specials, he has the record of the writing the most uh, continuous Doctor Who episodes. He writes like ten in a row at one point. Oh wow. Uh, and so, but Stephen Moffat is they're friends, but he's also doing his own thing. He comes in and, and does some episodes and stuff too, but there's, there's the, they have not had that conversation about handing off the reins at this point. But while Rusty Davies had, had done this one, he let Stephen Moffat read the first draft of the script. And at the end of that script, Jenny dies. She dies on the planet and then she's dead, dead. And so the Moffat's like, bring her back. <laughs> he's like, no, the doctor, you can't have a daughter there. He's like, he's already has a, another a granddaughter. Like she's a great character. She could use, we could use her again. Like bring her back. She's fantastic. Don't kill her off. Absolutely. And so Rusty David actually, basically Stephen Moffat saved Jenny. And so at the, so so the end of the episode that she flies off in the distance. Now they also have, it, this is like the, like the Kaiser Soze thing. There's uh you know, if you listen to the director and the writer of usual suspects, they disagree about, um, who Kaiser Soze actually was. Same thing with this one. How did Jenny come back? Well, Rusty Davies says she regenerates. Stephen Moffat says, no, no, the source, that magical energy that, that created this planet or that, that they're using to terraform this planet brought her back. So it's up to you or was it a combination of both? Because if you watch, it's not a typical regeneration. And, and, and obviously she's not a typical Time Lord, but we see later on a sort of half Time Lord with River when she regenerates that she you know it looks very different this one there's the sort of the green and the yellow sort of mix so you can sort of make up your own mind about why is it that jenny was 
uh, able to be revived. Some someday Jenny will just meet up with Clara and yeah, I, I thought the same thing. I thought like like there's that there's a time traveling diner out there that she'd be perfect right. for. And she's okay. Actually, <laughs> let me revise. There's actually five female characters oh, they can bring back. Clara's yeah. the fifth one. There you go. Yeah. All right. All right. And, and, and I would say also um her uh what's her oh it's, oh uh, yeah me. Me, that's it. Me, yeah. I was like, like, it's, it's a pronoun. What pronoun is it? Oh, this is fantastic. Yeah, man. Like, like there's a show right there. Yeah, like, no there's kidding, like, right? With the five of them in a show, and you got like. That's a Christmas special. Oh. That's a Christmas special waiting to happen. <laughs> that's right. Uh, but no, great episode though. I it's mean, a great look, episode. it's, it's yeah, great episode. It's, it's, it's funny and it's silly, and uh, and you know, there's there's backflipping through lasers. There's fish people. I mean, oh, it's yeah. everything you could want. And powerful ending episode. again. Powerful very ending. similar. Very very much like the previous episode. Very powerful ending that you're just like, whoa! Like I didn't see that coming. Okay, so now we come to the unicorn and the wasp, aka Clue Two: Jin Urso in Downton Abbey. <laughs> is is she? Is it the same actress? Yeah. Oh man, I didn't even put that it's, together. Oh well, yeah, it's Felicity. It's Felicity Jones. Oh wow. <laughs> oh yeah. This is what I get for not reading the credits. Oh, it's totally. Oh oh no, like she's younger. I mean, she obviously looks way younger. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> she's okay. She's the unicorn. <laughs> Okay. I wow. I, I didn't even put that together. Man. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, okay. So so tell me what. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm before I, I say what my thing. So what what do you think in general of this episode? What is well, your? Opinion? Here's the thing. It's it's clue. I mean, my God. Yeah, it's, it's literally clue. It's absolutely clue. clue. But I'll tell you, and 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 a really great moment. Like the the message of no one really knows how they'll be remembered, so we keep trying. Really mm-hmm. neat. Yeah, it's a period piece. They bring in Agatha Christie. All this. The scene, the poison scene uh-huh. with Donna and the Doctor. This is like the, this is, they take it to a whole new level. Their humor, their timing. Like, Set a give? <laughs> That's what it reminded me of. You know, again, this is one of those episodes where you're like, there's really weird moments. Like mm-hmm. the, 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 the wasp knocking, killing the, it was the wasp in the courtyard with the yes. gargoyle. Yes. What? Like, I don't even know what to say to that. And again, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen this episode, you're like, what? Watch yeah. the episode and you'll understand. It's just, it's just a, it's a funny homage to Clue with really funny moments, weirdness. They try to explain a real life occurrence, which they do. If you don't know, Agatha Christie actually disappeared inexplicably Mm -hmm. in a period of her life. It's kind of cool. Like I didn't, I didn't find, I found myself intrigued and Mm -hmm. not turned off by any of the absurd. Okay. All right. I think it's really clunky. Or I mean, I guess my my friend Lori would would as a as a phrase that she likes to use that I've adopted, and that's needlessly complicated. It's like, okay, I get it. And I, I like the whole like let's explain this weird historical fact and stuff too. Oh, but right. then it's like space wasps. Really? Oh, I thought Again, was, I didn't want to go to shape of water there, but like yeah. dude, she she got busy with the wasp, dude. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know. That's I this is this is not a, an episode that I particularly enjoy. It's it seems like there's way too much going on for what this is. I mean, even as a as a murder mystery with multiple suspects and stuff too. It's just I feel like it goes on and on and on and at the end I I was really pretty unsatisfied by it. Yeah, I, this is not one of my favorite episodes. All right. I would say this and one other episode that we're going to talk about probably would I would say would be the the least of this season because there's an episode coming up that's a it's a favorite that is not a favorite of mine. Ooh, yeah, there's only a couple yeah. left. I'm curious. Know, right? Okay, right. but that's not next because next we have two of my favorite episodes of all time. <laughs> First, we have the silence in the library and Forest of the Dead, aka Where's Noah Wiley when you need him. Now that's that's a joke title. <laughs> Okay, because Noah Wiley, he's been in a bunch of TNT shows called The Librarian. Uh, the librarian okay, yeah. 
But but here's my actual title for this, and I guess we're gonna have a conversation. <laughs> Dark water in heaven. Oh oh oh. And maybe okay. and maybe this is where I say. Uh-huh. All apologies to the episode. Spoilers. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, I'd say the, as as opposed to the Unicorn and the Wasp, which I would say I'm like I would I would not go back and watch again. I love Silence and Library and Forest of the Dead. I can't tell you how many times I've watched these episodes. I think they are peak Doctor Who. I think it's this is Stephen Moffat, Russell T Davies, David Tennant, and uh, like working at at their height. I mean, like this is it's like pure just complete absurdity but scary and uh, there's there's you could pull any one element out of this and it's still fantastic you know what blows me away too is how great alex kingston is yes because well hold on a second this is this is okay this is the river songs this is the debut yes, of, river song. of river song the whole time i'm watching this i'm going I actually can see this happening right after Husbands of River Song. Yes, that's what that's what's amazing. I actually went back and after I do it because she tells that story, and actually I have that I have that pull that audio and I'll play it here. Um, uh, that she uh, that that she talks about the last time that she saw the doctor and stuff too. Uh, the, it's sort of also with the audacity of this that like I'm going to put in a character who is hugely influential in the doctor's life that you haven't met yet. She knows all the stuff that you don't know yet. She's not going to, I mean like the cojones to do something like this with a show. And no, I'm adding a new character into doctor who that's going to be hugely, and, and you're going to love her. Phenomenal performance. And you and I, we've talked about this. Like, okay, if you've ever met, we've met Alex Kingston at, at, yes. uh, at cons. She yes. is an amazing person. She is she is this. Like, yes. she, like whatever you see on screen when you meet her, she is exactly that. She is a hundred percent engaged and like so excited to meet you and just have talk to you for five minutes, take a picture. Like she is she could not be more genuine. Her aura or she's the best actress in the world. Either way, I don't care because I love her. Yes, her aura, when you if you ever get to meet her in person, yes. you just immediately go, Whoa, like Yeah. What the heck? So she she I mean fantastic performance, but I love the fact that they took this risk of Hey, we're really going to mess with your minds now. Oh yeah, you know because here's here's something where we really get into a weird future of backwards meeting each other and all this other stuff. She every moment of revealing of what she knows about him, it's yeah. awesome. Whenever the doctor, I think, is is not put in danger, but when he's put of when he's put in the position of not really knowing. What is going on? Yeah, and I'm gonna, and I also like how she interacts with Donna too, and that's the first piece of audio I have pulled for this. I could, I could do it. We could do half oh, an hour of just the audio of this, but I, I had to rein myself in. So this is when uh, they're shooting, and Donna's trying to figure out how this woman knows the Doctor, who doesn't seem to know her. You know him, don't you? Oh God, do I know that man? We go way back, that man and me. Just not this far back. I'm sorry, what? He hasn't met me yet. I sent him a message, but it went wrong. It arrived too early. This is the doctor in the days before he knew me. And he looks at me. He looks right through me and it shouldn't kill me, but it does. What are you talking about? Are you just talking rubbish? Do you know him or don't you? Donna! Quiet. Working. Sorry. Donna. You're Donna, Donna Noble. Yeah. Why? I do know the Doctor, but in the future, his personal future. So why don't you know me? Where am I in the future? 
Yeah, and that's the first time we sort of get an inkling of like, oh, maybe there's not a happy ending. Like we we in the fires of Pompeii, we had the there's something on your back, right? Uh, already like sort of uh, out there, uh, and the Doctor Donna, and now we have something like a direct like the look like Anna Schinger's face when she realizes that this is Donna is like. <laughs> every everybody sits up and goes, wait, what? Why? Why? Why do you look so sad? Why do you? What? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. There's there's something about it's it's the ultra marriage of of character and actress and stuff too. But I mean, in addition to River Song, obviously you can tell that what Moffat was trying to do is is basically that love story in reverse thing. She has not met this incarnation of the Doctor before. Chronologically, this is the end of River's story. Because after you see what happens in Force of the Dead, she's you know, um, she's one of the dead. But she has never met the tenth incarnation. So all of her stuff has happened with essentially the eleventh is the idea, and maybe a little bit of the twelfth. Well, 20, 20, 24 years of the twelfth. Come on. Yes, right. Yeah, I mean, like a, a huge amount of time, like uh, together. Now they've gone back, and because she's such a popular breakout character, they have retconned her into that she's met all the doctors, and she's had all you know, and even there's, and she pulls the picture up he looks like this and she, right. she, she has the all the pictures on there i don't think that was originally the intention uh, but it's like okay like you know with river you can kind of like uh, let things bend and flex exactly. a little bit more with that like, I, I, i'm fine with that too but then we also have not only is there river song but there's also is the vash lenaradas what a great great villain those are as things we never get to see <laughs> they are like stephen moffat playing with childhood trauma again shadows the darkness and shadows, the the or like you know you see how you if you've ever seen them, they're the little dust motes in the light. <laughs> but it's like, how do you know that they're there? You have a second shadow, and it's like, oh, they're these super scary creatures that we never see. We just see them strip things down, or you know, then we have people getting uh, you know are shredded essentially, or like you know, and, and so there's just a skeleton walking around in a suit. I mean, that's scary stuff. I did um. I did have to admit, I, I had to read up more up on this episode, even all the times mm-hmm. I've seen it. And I love it because I love the performances and I, yeah. and I do think it's a good story. Yeah. I didn't pick up initially that they're basically microscopic creatures and they're, yeah, yeah like yeah. my wife comes in, like we're 10 minutes left, like on this episode I'm watching it a few days ago. And she's like, and she loves River Song. So she's oh, like, yeah. oh, well, tell me what's going on in this episode. Oh. And, I, and I started to try to explain it. And then I was yeah. like. I don't. I don't really know, but yeah, River Song. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. But you know, it doesn't matter. That happens every once in a while with Doctor Who. Yeah. No, it's it's just great. You know, the river. I mean, just it's amazing. If you've seen River Song, this mm-hmm. is incredible to see how well it was when she started. And uh, and I do make a reference to. There's the couple scenes, a couple episodes we'll get to in, in Peter Capaldi's seasons. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of similarities in the in the storyline and the plot line of this. Yeah, and, and, you, and it's that's Stephen Moffat. It's I mean, Stephen like Moffat. you're writing these episodes. I mean, that's where like clearly he's. There's some things that he's you know interested in and wants to write about. And and, and stuff, stuff comes back. And definitely for me, I will never look at a corrupted file ever the same way. Again. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so that I have, I have, I have just a little bit of. I, I could say I could play the whole sure. last scene of you know the tenth Doctor and River having the conversation, but I just pulled one piece of audio that's just extremely, extremely well done. Funny thing is, this means you've always known how I was going to die. All the time we've been together, you knew I was coming here. The last time I saw you, the real you, the future you. I mean, you turned up on my doorstep with a new haircut and a suit. He took me to Derillium to see the singing towers. What a night that was. The towers sang. And you cried. 
You wouldn't tell me why, but I suppose you knew it was time. My time. Time to come to the library. You even gave me your screwdriver. That should have been a clue. There's nothing you can do. You can let me do this! If you die here, it'll mean I've never met you. Time can be rewritten. Not those times. Not one line. Don't you dare. It's okay. It's okay. It's not over for you. You'll see me again. You've got all of that to come. You and me. Time and space. You watch us run. God, she's so good. Yeah, no, it's great. Oh, so good. Oh man, yeah. Uh, River is one of the best. I mean, I, people I, maybe she overstayed her welcome a little bit. I mean, like they got so in love with her, they, they maybe they, you know, pushed it a little bit too far. But I swear, like she is so great every time she shows up, uh, and then right to the end. And I and like after this, I went and I watched uh, just that last scene from uh, Husband's River Song, uh, where you get to see that story that she played out, like how it actually played out in real life, you know, with uh, right. it turns out with a, with a different doctor than you would have expected. Because, yeah, all the way through uh, her whole time, I was like, how'd you get the screwdriver? Like, like she said, like, we never see that story. And I was like, is there just a missing scene of, like, she's at her house and he shows up and then turns out that Moffat hadn't forgotten. Well, and I even thought it was funny that um, there's a scene where she looks at the tenant and she's like, you know, your eyes are so young. I've never seen them that young. Yeah. And again, you would think, well, that's garbage because Matt Smith is younger than David Tennant. Right. No, not after spending a 24-year evening with Peter Capaldi. That's, no, David that's Tennant right. really young. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> That's pretty good. I mean, that's a retcon, but like, okay, right. you know yeah. what? That's still pretty good. I love how it all fits together. Yeah, she's a, she's a, you know, she's a, a River Song transcends Mary Sue. She transcends retcon. Yes. She's like, she's gone beyond. She's another yeah, thing. Just she'll, roll with it. Just yeah. roll with it. Yeah, I, yeah, I see these, these are two of my favorite episodes. I think they're absolutely amazing. And, and the fact that we get to, you know, it's just the beginning of River Song story, even though it's the end of her story. <laughs> just putting there, you can, there's some great YouTube videos on River Song you can, where the people try and uh, straighten out her time oh exactly right and even though she's great and i would love to have her back i think the husband's river song was such a phenomenal episode i know that we're, we're jumping jumping way ahead but like i'm happy to have that as the end of of her time she's not did you know you noticed she wasn't in my list <laughs> yeah that's true no no uh, her her characters had a phenomenal arc yes and it's finished and she and she has she's doing big if you really want her stuff she has a couple of big finish audio dramas doctor doctor who uh audio dramas as river song uh you can check out um but yeah i think i, I like i like i'm i'm very content with the the complete the set of river song from beginning to end totally alsington is a national treasure for both of our nation <laughs> all right so we move on from uh, from that to midnight aka gilligan's island of the flies <laughs> That's good. You know, I think you've uh, increased my enjoyment of this this episode like 10%. Just okay, like because first of all, this is a four-hour tour that ends in disaster. Yeah. And it ends where we're going to kill Piggy. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and I got to say, though, here's the thing. Now, okay, you're going to laugh. Uh-huh. I enjoyed this episode, and here's how I would describe it. If somebody okay. said, hey, tell me what that episode's like. It's like an episode of Gilligan's Island crossed with Lost. Mm-hmm. Performed live by the Mishawaka Summer Theater League. <laughs> and I gotta say, that's, I, that's such a specific reference that kills me because I, I did theater with the Mishawaka <laughs> Summer League. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and, and okay. And for those of you who are laughing, like if you have, if you're fans of Adam Driver, there was an ep- there's a thing he did with Stephen Colbert. The, from he grew up in Mishawaka, Indiana. Uh-huh. I'm and I am really pulling on that one. Yeah. But I gotta say, this is I I actually enjoy this because. Well, the music is fantastic. It literally sounds like an episode of Lost. Yeah, and this this is this takes this is the um the uh the the light episode. I mean, basically, it, this is the this is where Love and Monsters went. This is where Blink went. This is the that that slot where they because Donna had such a huge episode coming up, uh, they needed they needed more time recording, so they had to come up with something that it would be a doctor centric episode without the companion. And the, and, and the next episode is actually a sister episode of this. Cause it's, yeah, the, exactly. it's the opposite, it's the opposite right. way. Right. So they, so the two of them, and, the, and so they have it, they, they bounce it out, uh, you know, bounce the load either way. So we get to see, and then basically it, it becomes a, a, like you say, like a one act play essentially. Like they're in one location through the majority of it in 90% of it. And then, uh, not a lot of special effects stuff. It's just very just trapped inside there. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I like the audacity of it. I like the acting of it, but uh, it, oh, it dude, doesn't really do it for spooky. me. The way, yeah. When she's doing the, when she's, when, when the, when the one lady Silva or whatever, yeah. when she's possessed, like it was, it was legitimately, I thought it was like, whoa, what is going on? And I got to say the whole premise for this. Okay, when has there ever been an episode where the doctor takes his companion for a spa day and says, hey, you know, I'm going to go on the, the rim tour uh-huh. and see what's going on? And like, I love the whole concept of the doctor just going, yeah, I'm going to turn off the entertainment system and we're just going to chat for four hours. <laughs> like, oh, you're one of those guys. Yeah, you're killing us. Like, what are you doing? And like, and they've got all the, you know, the character tropes in the, in the, in the thing, the uh-huh. kid who's a goth kid who doesn't want to talk to anybody, right. the weird parents. But like, but I got to say, I mean, like, I, I thought it was done. I thought it was, I thought there was tension. I literally had, a, again, had a huge throwback to Lost. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, what is happening and then you just got to love the whole, again, Tenet acts himself through this. Yeah. You got to love the whole thing. Like, Hey, let's kill him. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, how fast they turn on each other. <laughs> what is the deal? And then, and then you actually do have a kind of a point in ending where the one, where there's the moment where yeah. the, the, the flight attendant, mm-hmm. lack of a better term, yeah. she sacrifices herself. And I actually really enjoyed that moment where he's like asking them, "Does anyone even know her, what her who her name what her name yeah, was?" No one. Everybody's did. like, "No." Yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's not my favorite, but I mean, I was amused. Yeah, it was all right. And and uh, another another uh, Doctor Who progeny in this one, uh, David Troughton is yes. in this, who is the son of Patrick Troughton, who was the second Doctor. So yeah, it's all right. I mean, like for what it is, it's fine. It's, it's like I say, not one of my favorites. No, I put it on the highlight reel, but you know, it's it's a it's a nice experiment. I like I like that they're taking these chances. I like the the experimentation they do. Absolutely, they, they right. go for it. You know, it's like okay, well, we lock a doctor in a room with all the stuff and and see what happens. Do you know what I I did read this that you know the inspiration for this episode was the Star Trek episode Darmok. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, see, they, now, there you go. I love that episode. That is actually one of my favorite Star Trek Next Generation episodes of all time. Interesting. And yet this one didn't do it for me. So, all right. So let's move on to the next episode. Turn left, a.k.a. It's a Donnaful life. <laughs> <laughs> see, now, that, that, that's- I, I thought you were going to go with a what if because this is this is clearly inspired by like the what if comics from Marvel. You know, like, oh, it, but yeah, but I, this is Donald for life is really, really wait, no, wait a minute. Wait, wait, I didn't even, okay. I didn't even get that, but that's even more interesting considering that is that, is there not a DC uh, villain referenced in this? Uh, who is the I trickster? Well, there actually is a doctor who a uh, villain trickster actually shows up in, in the uh, Sarah Jane adventures. 
Oh, got it. Okay. Well, no, the trickster is also a DC character. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's true. There's another trickster. Yeah, so there is a trickster that is a DC villain. Yeah, nobody tricks the trickster. Yeah, that's Mark Hamill in the... Uh, right, the right, Rush right. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, here's the deal. It's, I mean, okay, It's a Wonderful Life is too obvious, and so yeah. it's funny that just the word worked around on that. Right. Look it. It, it, it's it's entertaining. It. I mean, wow. I can't get over. I. I don't think I've ever seen. Well, you see it later, but this is definitely where they're really weaving a close knit tapestry on the entire series. Oh yes. And this one really brings it together. What's really I thought was surprisingly serious is the whole plight of refugees. Yeah. That's a. It's a very. I mean, wow. And amazingly timely. Like they were ahead yeah. of themselves even by a well, decade. I say Europe's been more than, have been dealing with this for a lot longer than we have. Exactly. No, no, no. Of course. No, I mean, you know, parts are very interesting. I don't understand the bug, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Again, the, the Doctor Who production team really likes to just do big versions of animals. I'm sure. Because <laughs> like, it's like, how about just a big beetle? How about just a big rhino? How about just a big wasp? It's like, you guys, you can you can make up stuff like you can <laughs> you can it's have cool. space alien stuff. You don't have to have just big. You got it, yeah. But then you got to explain that to the art department. It's just being like, dude, I just want a big beetle. <laughs> no, no, it's just you no. Know, it's it's going to be a big a big wasp, like a space a wasp. Beetle. No, just a wasp, just big. I want him with pincers, pincers. All right. All right. Um. You yeah. You know, here here's the thing. I thought it, the moments that are serious are really are really well done. Yeah. Eight just carries the whole episode, which yep. was the plan, and she does. And it's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, it is extremely well plotted where they went through and went, okay, if X, then Y. Like if, if the doctor wasn't there for this thing, then what would happen? If he wasn't there for this thing, what would happen? And we get to hear uh, from the extended universe, like we what happened to Torchwood? What happened to Sarah Jane? Like right, all of them, right. every every companion, they get mentioned as like, oh, they fought in this thing and they, they beat it, but they died here. You know what? Sarah Jane died on the moon. Torchwood dies – Oh yeah, it's Centaurans. Uh, the Torchwood dies uh, fighting the Centaurans. So and Jack gets taken to the Centauran homeworld. Uh, I mean, like we get to hear all these little things going on, but we're following, you know, Donna's story in this too, and and also, you know, how awful though the world would be without the Doctor around. But well, the universe, you know, and and I think they do. I think that does a good job. I do find it considering that this will play a play a role in future series. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole concept of fixed points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they've been playing. They mentioned that as a big thing in uh, Pompeii, in the fires of Pompeii. Yeah, so the fixed, I mean, the very fixed, much a recurring thing uh, for for the for the Doctor at this point in his life. Interesting and and interesting. And I mean, obviously, the whole Donna's this version of Donna's end. Mm-hmm. Very, very. I thought it was. Uh, you know, it's, it's a good episode. A lot uh, of Rose. A lot of Rose. We get to see yep. you know, Rose, uh, like not just you know mysteriously appearing on television screens or something, but actually uh, taking part in it and and having her and Donna interact with each other. Really, an amazing. Like it's not really a close, but close enough. It's an incredible character arc for Donna. Yes, like to go from her to where she is yeah. as the temp to where she comes to the end where she's willing to sacrifice herself. It's yeah. Very well done. Very incredibly well acted. Yeah, it's it's a it's a really really solid episode, and especially it reminds me a little bit of um, oddly uh, one of my favorite episodes of Buffy, which is Restless. So the Buffy uh, at the end of their um, fourth season, uh, they they defeat the villain in the penultimate episode. So like before like the last episode, they they beat the bad guy and they won. And so the the final episode of the season isn't the we're gonna it's like oh man let's just take a minute and like and have sit down and they have extended basically it becomes a the villain is something is attacking them in their dreams and it is loaded with references to 
all the previous episodes of Buffy that had come by that point. Uh-huh. So it, you appreciate it on another level because it's like they're reference. That's like from the third episode of the first season. They're throwing something back. And like, it's, it's, it's like the ultimate, almost like the ultimate fan episode. And this one is the same way. Like the more, you know, the doctor who universe, the better this episode is. Oh, absolutely. Yes. So it's a, it's a, it's fan service and it's fan service done extremely well. Yeah. It's a, it's a great episode and, and a nice spotlight for, uh, for Catherine Tate to really carry the episode on her shoulders. And she does it with, I, I wonder when you said it's, it's fan service done extremely well. I wonder mm-hmm. if that portends where we're going. With yeah. <laughs> Say we're going to, we're going to get into that because boy, the next episodes are just going to be like, we're going to give you everything. <laughs> you already know where this is headed. That's right. <laughs> so then we get to the stolen earth and journey's end, AKA. Okay. So stolen earth is the kitchen sink. Dude, where's my planet? <laughs> And Journey's End, a.k.a. The Kitchen Sink 2. Hi, this is Earth. We need a tow truck. (laughs) Okay. I I just want to say, man, if you you thought Russell T. Davies had forgotten about something, except for Jenny, you were wrong. Hold on. I mean, like, what is coming back? What happened? Because here's here's the part that I want to know. Like, okay, so one day they they come up with this cold concept, right? Uh-huh. And here's what happens: somebody goes down to the graphics department and says, "Hey, you know, uh, you know, you do the opening titles. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, we're, we're gonna, gonna add seven names. <laughs> we're gonna add seven names to the opening titles. And the guy who does the graphics goes, "Well, do you want me to like loop the song? No, no, just just let them run in the same time that the normal. Show. Wait, what? Like bang, 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 bang. <laughs> you watch the opening, the opening yeah. credits of these episodes, and you're just like, what is going on? Like, but I, I can tell you, as someone who has, has worked with a lot of actors, credits are a big deal. Oh, of course. And of the course. fact that, that these guys can say, I had my name, you know, front of credits for a Doctor Who episode is huge. I mean, no, I know we, actors we, who, who like, you know, had a bit part on a Law & Order and they have it, the the screen grab framed on their wall. Oh, so whenever you... Well, no, no, no. It's a big deal. And whenever... and Because when, whenever you have to do the with and uh-huh. <laughs> plus... And is a big thing, too. And is a big thing for an actor. Like, that is that is a prestige slot. No, I, I mean, it just it totally makes me laugh. What is... Okay, look it. This is craziness. Uh-huh. It's it the is, kitchen sink. It, it, is, literally, it literally is the kitchen sink. Yes. What was the what I what I can't get over not having watched this live when it aired? Mm-hmm. What was the reaction? Because you totally fake a regeneration, <laughs> which we find out yes. later we don't. And I tell you, that was huge because like at this point, no one was talking about this. As as far as we knew, David Tennant was gonna be do the was gonna break Tom Baker's record. He was gonna go forever. Like this, this was just going to go on at the end of that episode. He starts a regeneration cycle and there's no preview for next week. There's and, and, and they did not put out a trailer or anything like for that week. <laughs> we're all like, what's happening? Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> because they played it so coy. They did not say this was going to happen. And they also there was none of this like rumoring of the press about like, oh, David Tennant's getting tired and he wants to leave stuff. It was like, no business as usual. And all of a sudden it's like, ah, how do you how do you get out of this? Which when they do this with later on with Capaldi, it's like, yeah, we've been there already. Oh, right, exactly. No, I I actually thought I totally thought that watching this. Yeah. Um, but like, okay, did they just you know, like I, I don't know. I mean, like, it's great because I it's so hard when you smash that many characters, established characters into a, into an episode or two yes. episodes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they do it fairly well, but God, I mean, I just got massive Brady Bunch holiday special <laughs> vibes. 
like, hey, Bobby, oh, Bobby got into this mess. What's what's Marsha doing? Like, I kind of feel, I kind of feel like I don't know about David Tennant, but I think Russell T. Davies was sort of like, all right, I'm nearer to the end than I am to the beginning. Like, I, he, he's like, all right, I'm going to start paying some stuff off. I mean, you know, like, I, I, I think this was like almost his swan song. Now, I don't know. I don't know behind the scenes exactly how how it all went to war, but I think if this had been his swan song, he'd have walked away like, yep, I did it all. Oh, my God. Mike yeah. drop like, I mean, everything like the the Davros and yeah. the 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 the, the, da- the Dalek abomination yeah, Dalek and Khan coming back. And like and, and even the even when Davros says, oh, how many people have died in your name? And they just boom, boom, boom. Like, here's all these for the last, you know, four seasons. Here's all the people who have died in the episodes. And you're like, oh, that's oh, that's this. like, I mean, it just goes by so fast. You almost can't keep up with it. Well, and it's just and like, 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 like right at the beginning of Journey's End, like Mickey shows up and you're <laughs> all like, what? <laughs> You couldn't have any more people in this. Yeah. And it's it was nice because I guess they were all probably under contract because Torchwood was, you know, was well on its way at this point. It was uh, I think they just finished up their second season. Uh, Sarah Jane, uh, they had just, they were, I think they were just starting on their third season. This is what we would call the uh, the Star Trek Voyager Deep Space Nine. <laughs> End of next generation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some yeah, of like this the, doesn't end well. <laughs> yeah, Doctor Who Incorporated was uh, well up and running by this point. No, and um, I, and I think, and obviously, I think they got that. It just, it's just, it's head spinning. Yeah, and then you just have these, like, okay, you, you suck the Earth out, you move it, the tow trucking it. Did we forget how gravity works? Like, did we? <laughs> <laughs> and like, and okay, and I would sum it up with. There is a, there is one scene where like the American general or whatever, whoever the heck the guy yeah. was, and he looks out like everything goes bad, and he just looks at these people and he goes, "Ultimate code red," <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, "Dude, what?" <laughs> like, no, and even even the episode like I, this, the only thing that I found really weird was like I mean you have a little bit of the Matrix, the uh-huh. time lock, right? All this stuff's going on, but the part yeah, when they like. <laughs> Okay, but I thought it was crazy at the end of Stolen Earth uh-huh. and everybody is just, oh, when they realize it's the dialect, maybe it's when they realize it's the dialects. I don't know. It's yeah. one of those moments where everybody has their moment of, oh, we're screwed. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, oh, man. Sarah Jane's reaction when she finds out that it's Davros and the Daleks is like, she, like, she's like, we're all going to die. Like, she like holds her son close. Like, okay, this is it. This is well, the Captain end. Captain like, Jack, he kisses, he kisses both his friends and he's yeah. like, that's it, we're over. But I was kind of like, are you guys serious? Like, you, I mean, you all know that whatever dialects again. Like, <laughs> I mean, just, I don't know. Like, this is just, there were moments that I, I mean, again, great moments. This is what I said at the beginning. Yeah. Great moments. A, overall, a perfectly solid episode. Yeah. And episodes. then, and then, it, and then it gets, and it gets super weird towards the end of the second one. Okay. So let's see if we can break this down. The doctor has his hand. <laughs> <laughs> from Again. when from when the first regeneration he has his hand still there and it's bubbling thing. So then all this craziness happens, everybody gets captured, Donna's still on there, then he gets damaged and he's going to regenerate, so he shoots his regeneration energy into the hand and like whoof, dodged a bullet. Still still the tenth doctor, Alan Z. It goes out, but then the regeneration energy keeps going and it regenerates a doctor. From the hand and also the DNA of Donna Noble, who's right there, makes a human Time Lord mix. So he's a human body, but he still has the dioxide. But then also it reverse puts Time Lord into her and truly makes there's the Doctor and Donna, and then now there's the Doctor Donna. 
So she has all the, the, the stuff in her head too. So we now have three doctors, they say, who can do the stuff. And they, there's that great scene of them just screwing with the Daleks just because they can, you know, running all their, all their different programs. But you know, a lot of it was just basically, hey, let's give Rose her own doctor. Let's give Rose a happy ending and screw you, Donna Noble. <laughs> okay, so this this is where this is where the controversy thing comes in. I think this is just character abuse. How could you do this to Donna? Oh, I agree. It is the cruelest thing. Okay, so there's the old joke goes: George R. R. Martin, Joss Whedon, and Stephen Moffat walk into a bar, and everyone dies. I don't think that's actually true because, like, Moffat, if you look, Moffat is really, really protective of his characters. He barely kills people at all. Well, Russell T. Davies did probably the worst thing done to any companion <laughs> and took away her time in the TARDIS. That's just mean. <laughs> this side this side of Adric, this yeah. is, that's yeah, basically, true. yes. I, yeah, that, I, I st- I'm still fuming about this. And even, even and we're, obviously, we're going to talk about the, the specials in a, a, the David Tennant's last thing in another episode, so we're, we're, we won't get to that. But uh, even in that, like, okay, he finds a way to give happy endings to pretty much all of his characters, but still does not reverse this thing with Donna. As his, la- his last actions are not like, and by the way, we figured out a way to time lock your brain so that now you can remember what it is. And I get it because obviously Catherine Tate was a big get for them. The fact that her schedule opened up, they could use her. She was never going to be able to do a second season. Like she's just too, too popular, too big. And I get that. And you didn't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to heartbreaker like Martha. You don't want to send her to another dimension like Rose. All right. But boys, this just seems mean. He could have like put her back in the, the forest library or yeah, whatever like, like with the guy like she with the guy. Well, no she should have met up and that's that's the thing i'm bummed about is she that's, never found the guy right from the library uh from the alternate reality the yeah the the guy with the stutter i can't remember i don't know it was i've i've never seen i'll tell you this it's so i completely agree with you because i i think it's short you completely shortchanged the character yeah not Everything only that, that, she done, that she became so, i mean she she grew so much over the course of it just to to reset the clock on her what's even crazier is that performance of her when she wakes up and barges in on them yeah. at the end you're just reminded how ugly a character she was yeah and it's just and i and i don't know i mean maybe you know i think part of maybe moffat like kind of got his got the do back on the doctor with the whole clara thing which again we'll get to in another yeah episode. we'll get to yeah that's a, but that's i mean like but like you know what i mean like i i just yeah i don't know i don't know why there was no reason to end it that way. Yeah. No yeah, reason, it, especially after every, especially after the send off everyone gets yeah. other than maybe you're just trying to see, you know, the, you know, here's the thing I was surprised by is like, I'm amazed that this episode ends where the doctor's obviously affected. He's forlorn. He goes into the TARDIS and he's like, wow, yeah. you know, as much as I try to make everything perfect, I still don't. Yeah. True. Even with, even with, uh, you know, with Wilfred, you know, him saying like, we can't tell her anything. We can't all this stuff that she, everything she's done. I mean, like he's like almost like he's crying because like she had grown so much. She was so amazing. And the doctor's like, yeah, well, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> like, oh, uh, apparently uh, at that last scene, like this is, this is, uh, this. It, it ends just with the doctor, just like, wow, I, 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 I destroyed another person's life and credits. Yeah. There's no, there's no, and, and, and cause Russell originally had a Cyberman attack the doctor in the TARDIS. And that was going to be like, what, what? And then credits. And then the doctor will return in, you know, the next doctor or whatever the, I think that's what the next first special is. Yeah. It's the next one. Right. And they, they're like, nope. Like you it's sort of like, you know what? You made this mess. You're going to sit in it. 
<laughs> you you it's this hugely emotional moment. You are not going to undercut it with a freaking Cyberman showing up. We're just going to end it like that. And he was like, okay, all right, we'll do that. And yeah, so it just ends with just like, what a bummer. <laughs> like, it's, what a bummer uh, that's a what, exactly what I have. What a bummer ending for the entire series. Yeah. It's such a great series all the way through. And then to end on this like gut punch. Oh, you know what it's like? It's like Avengers Infinity oh, War. Geez, give me a break. <laughs> it's like it's a the shot s- to the solar plexus. See you next year. It's the snap, everybody. <laughs> Boom. You get nothing. You get nothing. We're not telling thanks you. Thanks for watching. Yeah, thanks for watching. Hope you uh, hope your emotions are okay. And I don't know the whole full story about this, about why it all goes weird in terms of the programming schedule. Mm-hmm. But it's like, yeah, we're not even going to come back with a full season. Right. Special right. We feel like it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. At this point, then, then they start. <laughs> they they probably you know they they announce that they're going to be doing specials instead of uh, a full season. But yeah, it's. I mean, the thing is, it's it's Donna, it, Donna is so great. The whole thing, it's just like it's it's just in, it's a great injustice that she uh, did not get um, the happy ending that the rest of the characters. Totally agree. Very much enjoyed the series. Um, again, Donna, Donna, and the Doctor, yep. and Doctor Donna yep. is. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I, I really did. I actually will say I enjoyed every episode with just, you know, with some bad moments throughout, but that, eh, whatever, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I like I say, um, I, Unicorn and the Wasp is not loving monsters. You know, like it's like, uh, there's, oh, no, 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 of course. I, right. And I like, I appreciate the the craftsmanship of Midnight, even though I didn't particularly enjoy it. But those, those would be the lowing points. But like, but the rest of it, there's just such amazing episodes in this from Voyage of the Damned and Partners in Crime and, I mean, freaking River Song. I mean, yeah. there's such great, great stuff in this season. Yeah. The series four is, is really, really one of the best they, they had done. Uh, and 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 obviously the last that this this crew will do as a full series because then from here on out they announced that David Tennant uh, is uh, going to be taking a lesser schedule uh, leading up to his exit, uh, and so they sort of uh, he after, he went off to do Hamlet so you know yeah okay <laughs> yeah if 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 you got if you're gonna have a role that's gonna take you away from the doctor eh, Hamlet's a pretty good Hamlet's, one to, okay to there yeah I guess so. Um, and that, that actually also that if you were curious about David Tennant as Hamlet, that also was recorded. Uh, uh, the, uh, it was on uh, Masterpiece Theater for a while, too. So it's, it bounces around. But you can get you can buy the movie or you can probably rent. I don't think it's streaming anywhere, but maybe it is. But you can check that out. It's, it's pretty good, too. Yeah, his, his version of Hamlet's very interesting. But all right. So that, that was that was series four. That was the Donna's time in the TARDIS, uh, which has come to an end. So uh, next we'll be back uh, with a, a, a slightly smaller episode. That we're going to talk about the specials and the end of David Tennant's run, and then his his regeneration. Uh, thank you, all, as always, for Rob for uh, joining. Very welcome. Uh, thank you to Engineer Alice. Thank uh, you. She makes us sound fantastic and professional. Uh, all that, all the pressures that comes from her, all the mistakes are my own. Uh, we will be back uh, probably sooner. Uh, I don't know if, uh, how we're going to time it exactly, but we'll be back sooner with uh, those specials. So uh, as uh, they. Did not leave a cliffhanger for this one. I will. I, we're going to leave you with the silence of uh, knowing that Russell T. Davies did wrong by Donna Noble. Uh, so we're just going to fade off into the. You know. Oh, that's so beautiful. So uh, thank you yeah. all for listening, uh, and we will uh, see you next time on Time for Thirteen. You've been listening to a Legible Scrawl audio production. Find out more about us at our website, legiblescrawl.com. You follow us on Twitter at Legible Scrawl or find us on Facebook. The music you're listening to is Zazzy by Kevin McLeod. You can find out more about him at incompetech.com. And as always, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs>